Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, from God our Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, it was Thanksgiving morning, not a few days ago, mind you, this is several years ago, but it was Thanksgiving, and I was hosting my family for Thanksgiving for the first time ever. So there was a lot of pressure to get everything just right. The turkey, it had to be the best ever. And of course, then I had to make everything else from scratch. You know, I had to have three different kinds of cranberry sauce. I had to make the rolls from scratch. I had to make the pumpkin pie from scratch. Everything had to be perfect. Oh, and don't forget the gravy too, right? And you can't just get that from a package. So keep that in mind. And of course, despite all my best intentions to have everything ready when everyone showed up to have it looking all nice and neat, ready to go, no dice. People started showing up. The bird was still in the oven. The rolls, well, it was still a lump of dough. And that means, of course, the gravy hadn't even been started. At least the cranberry sauce was done. That was one thing. As if that was the thing everyone really cared about. I worked like a madman while my family started showing up. I was ignoring my role as host to get this food all ready so that I can press everyone and just make it the best homemade, handcrafted meal that everyone had ever had, as if that was really the point. Well, I finally got all the food ready. It was set out. We prayed, and people went about their business, getting their plates and and going on with their conversations. I was exhausted, and I still had to take a shower. So, you know, I was completely cut out of this whole, you know, fellowship process, I had completely missed engaging with the people that I was hosting. Yeah, the the food was important in a way, but I had missed the real point of getting together, of gathering for Thanksgiving, for this holiday that we have. Well, as we begin Advent, as I mentioned to the children, it means coming. We look to the coming, not of a bunch of family and friends, but to Jesus himself, the Lord of heaven and earth. Advent's often spoken of as a season of preparation uh, as well. And so we often talk about preparation for the first coming of Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem. But we get a little different picture today in our gospel reading. Instead, Jesus speaks of himself, of a different coming. He speaks of the coming of the Son of Man, that is, his own return in glory at the end of the world as we know it. This is the coming that we confess every week as we gather and we say the creed. We'll do that in a few minutes. Uh, But this coming, as perhaps opposed to his first coming, this coming includes judgment. And so Jesus warns his disciples, he warns us to stay awake. But what does that mean? We said it with the kids. Obviously, this doesn't mean you can't go to sleep. You can't go to bed. 
So what does he mean? Well, Jesus compares his coming and our reception of it with Noah and the ark and the flood. Jesus says, For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, if you go back to the account in Genesis like I did, and you start reading back through that, you'll notice that a lot of these details aren't actually mentioned in that account. Instead, Genesis records this. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Mm. Now, the, the narrative goes on to focus primarily on Noah and those who are saved with him. Little is actually said about all the other people who were swept away by the flood. But the question arises, how can Jesus think back on that account that is so focused on the violence of mankind and the, the, the radical response that God has in uprooting all of this evil and all this violence. And he looks back to that, and he doesn't mention that. He talks about eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Well, quite frankly, it's because Jesus is dealing with a deeper, a more subtle problem, a more subtle danger that we face in our lives. And that danger is that we get so caught up in the normal things of this life, of this world, this eating and drinking, the, the marrying, the, the jobs, our retirement, so on and so forth, buying and selling. We get caught up in these things, and then we forget that there's something more, that there is something greater that we are waiting for. Jesus isn't saying that there's anything wrong with eating and drinking or getting married or having jobs and so on and so forth. What he's warning us about is this sleepy unawareness that comes when we treat penultimate things as if they were the ultimate thing. What does that mean? In other words, Jesus is warning us not to fall into thinking that this world is all that there is. This world, along with its, its food and its drink and its marriages and its, its nations and, and jobs and so forth, it's all important, yeah, of course. God made the world, he made us, and he gives us our food and our drink and so forth. But this world is penultimate. It's not the final thing. When Jesus comes then we will see the ultimate thing, the final thing. Friends, if, if we miss this fact, then we end up like the people who were around 
Noah. They didn't pay attention to the, the weird thing that Noah was doing, building this giant ark, this giant box out of wood uh, for the coming judgment. What is he doing? They were so caught up with themselves, with their lives, with the things of this world, they had forgotten that God is the ultimate provider and authority. They become so wrapped up in the cares of this creation that they forgot about the creator. And so when that judgment came, they didn't recognize it until it was too late. So in a sense, they had fallen asleep. They'd fallen asleep on the job, you might say. And so Jesus warns us to stay awake, to hold on to wakeful watching for his return. He warns us so that when he returns, not if, but when he returns, you will not be caught in condemnation like those other people, but that you'll gladly welcome your salvation like Noah did. You see, the return of Jesus does bring judgment, just like the flood did, but also like the flood, that judgment is either good or bad depending on where you are. Because for those outside the ark, that judgment was a very scary thing. It meant condemnation and death. But for Noah and all those who were in the ark, that judgment meant vindication and salvation from the violence that had filled the earth. Well, at least for a little while. Because even that judgment wasn't the ultimate judgment. It itself was penultimate. It wasn't the final judgment. But when Jesus returns, you will see the final judgment. And being in the ark of the church, you and I will receive that final judgment, not as condemnation and death, but as vindication and salvation from all of the brokenness in this world, all the violence and, and confusion, the corruption and sickness and death, all the greed and senseless hate, all the cancer, Alzheimer's, ALS, wars, human trafficking, abortion, it'll all end. And Jesus will make all things right. He'll make all things new, never to be corrupted again. No more isolation, no more fear, no more shame, no more guilt. Brothers and sisters, this is our hope. When Jesus returns, the dead will be raised, the living will be transformed. Judgment will be enacted. But for those who hope in Christ, this judgment is deliverance. It's salvation. Jesus will dwell with his people in the new heavens, in the new earth, where heaven comes to earth, where God is joined with man to live with us forever. 
When Jesus comes, the point of our preparation will not be that we've made things good enough for him. The point will be that Jesus has come and that he's dwelling with us and he has come to be our Savior and that we welcome our Savior. So Jesus gives us a warning this morning. He warns us that we would not forget him and that we would cease living as if he weren't coming. Because otherwise, if you do fall asleep, if you uh, drop that faith, if you cease waiting for him, then you're going to find yourself in a heap of trouble, friends. Not because you haven't been good enough, but it's because you gave up that faith that you were given. Well, to go back to that Thanksgiving, when I was hosting, I could have simply gone out and bought some rolls and bought a pie, bought some cranberries. Shoot, I could have gone even to Boston Market or a grocery store or something and and bought a pre-made turkey, and my family wouldn't have said anything. They were very gracious in my denying or, or, or ignoring of my hosting rules, but I put so much pressure on myself. I got so caught up in the food itself that I missed the real point. Because the real focus on gathering for Thanksgiving or other holiday, anything like that, is not the food or the presents. It's about being with your loved ones. Yeah, the food is important because it facilitates that gathering, but it's not the ultimate thing. It's the penultimate thing. And I'd missed this. And maybe if, if I had not forgotten this fact, I would have enjoyed the full blessing of my family's presence. But this, this lesson, as I reflect on it, is really just a shadow of what Jesus teaches us today. So I want to say, don't confuse the shadow with the real thing itself. Friends, Jesus is coming again. So hold on to this hope. Stay awake in your faith so that when Jesus returns, you won't be caught unaware. Instead, being awake, holding on to this promise by faith, holding on to this hope of the return of Jesus, you will gladly welcome your salvation the Savior himself, as he comes to bring his kingdom. That kingdom is the eternal kingdom of peace, of life, and of love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.